Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. I am Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Wednesday. Those of you listening live Wednesday afternoon, I know you're used to hearing the voice of Pastor Ed Taylor. I'm filling in for him today for my good friend, and he truly is a good friend. He's such a wonderful brother in the Lord, encourages me, and I know you on this show. He's such a tremendous blessing, and um, I'm just uh, thankful that I can uh, fill in for him today. It's always a blessing to be with you and to host the show, uh, whatever day it might be. Uh, So we invite you to call in at 303-690-3000, is that call-in number? So give me a call. I'll open lines right now. The lines fill up as the show um, just continues. And it, um, as we go through the hour, which goes by very quickly, uh, those lines can fill up. So grab it now. And as soon as the phones start ringing, we'll go to the phone lines. But 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. This is uh, those of you listening live Grace FM listeners along the Front Range. It is Wednesday the 13th, uh, the middle of the week. It's a beautiful, beautiful day here in Colorado. Such a wonderful time of the year fall is. I love this time of the year as we're seeing fall come to the high country and the leaves changing and the uh, elk are in rut. And, and we just, uh, it's cooler and through the hot season of the year. And, and it's just wonderful. So I pray that you're doing well. All the Grace FM listeners along the Front Range, uh, 101.7 in Southern Colorado, uh, Pueblo, Fountain, Colorado Springs. Love to hear from you guys. Uh, I uh, was uh, graduated high school in the Fountain area and uh, started my ministry down in Colorado Springs. And so got a lot of good friends, a lot of good memories down there. Uh, and uh, what a tremendous blessing to hear from you guys in southern Colorado, then northern Colorado, from about Castle Rock, Parker, up through southern Wyoming, 89.7. And that's a powerful signal that gets even to the Panhandle, Nebraska. You're listening live, as I said, on this Wednesday. Welcome, and I want to welcome all those who are listening Radio by Grace. Uh, a number of stations, I believe 78 stations throughout um, 26 states and so, so glad that you are a part of our Calvary Live family. You two are listening live today. Give me a call. That number, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line, 720-336-0897 is another way for you to be able to ask a question or to give a prayer request. And that's really what this show is about, is for you to call and ask your questions about the Bible and Christian living and what's our view as Christians about the things going on around us. Love to talk to you. So we got open lines. And if it works better for you to text a question or a prayer request, that text number again, 720-336-0897. I always encourage you, put those two uh, numbers in your contacts and then you can pull it up when you want to get a hold of us. Plus the text line is for texting only, 
be careful if you're texting and it's a 24 seven um, prayer line that you can text in a prayer request and there'll be those uh, that are going to be praying for you, the staff, the pastoral staff, the prayer team at Calvary Church in Aurora. And I think it's just a wonderful, wonderful resource. So um, give me a call, got open lines. Just want to also just shout out to those listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, uh, Higher Rock Radio in Idaho, uh, Living Water Radio in Corpus Christi, Texas. You're a week delayed, uh, but give me a call. We'll have our conversation, and you can listen to it on your radio network a week later. And also I want to welcome all those who are listening online as well, Uh, maybe the Grace FM app that you're listening to, or maybe on the website, hey, um, give me a call at that number. It works anywhere in the United States at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. We're going to go to my hometown, Greeley, to Adam. Adam? Hi, hello. Hi, Adam. You're on Calvary Live. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome, isn't it? Yeah, go ahead. Um, no, he told us not to. Um, my bad. Yeah, no, we just heard you on the radio, and so we're like, let's call him. We need a prayer request, you know? Okay. Absolutely. Well, how can we pray for you? Um, just we're asking for prayer. Like, one, not to be like a bad Christian and mislead my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to turn her away from God because I know that sometimes that happens, and I don't want to do that. And right. for our baby, because doctor said there might have been some concerns, and okay, just for us, you know. Yeah, that's that's hard, yeah. and we're going to pray for you, Adam. I want to encourage you, Adam, uh, because I, I appreciate your prayer, um, and I believe God wants to honor that when you say you want to be um, a, a good Christian. I, I believe what you're saying is you want to be the man of God that God has called you to be, and you know He wants to do that work in you, Adam. He really does. He wants you to take on the role that has been divinely commissioned to you and uh, given to you uh, to be a man that is leading his family, uh, the father that you're going to be. He wants to do that work. And and so uh, we're going to pray for you that God does that work. And we're also, uh, if we have a chance to minister to you, um, to do that and encourage you in, in different ways and what God's Word has to say. But I just want to encourage you in that, um, that you keep seeking the Lord and trust the Lord, and then what His Word says to you, be obedient to to it. You know, one of the things that um, I, I always tell people, that His commandments are His enablements. Uh, sometimes I think, Lord, where do I begin in this, or how do I do this? How yeah. is it that I lead my family? And He's going to enable you as you grow in the Word of God, as you look to him, as you trust in him. So, Father, I pray for Adam. I pray for him as um, he um, wants to be the man of God that you called him to be, uh, to take on the responsibilities that that, uh, has been given to him to be a father. And, Lord, I pray that you would just guide him and direct him, that he would be in a place where he can grow in God's Word. And, Lord, we pray for this little baby that's in his girlfriend's womb, and, Lord, that there be no complications that you give them a peace, that, that Lord, that you they would just look to you and trust you. You're the one that wonderfully and fearfully has made us. And, uh, and I pray that um, they would get a good report. 
And I pray that you would just be with them during this process. Speak to them about what your word has to say about being a family, about following you, because you're the one that ordained the family. You're the one who ordained mom and dads. Um, and you're the one that uh, has commissioned us to look to you in every way in that. So I just pray for Adam in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, Adam. God bless you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. God bless you, too. You bet, Adam. Day. Okay. Come by and see us, okay? Okay. All right. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. Again, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you this Wednesday afternoon and um, just uh, filling in for my good friend Ed Taylor, and um, he is truly a blessing to me. I was reading his book, uh, Need to Finish It Up, his new book, Free From Your Past. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Such a tremendous blessing, such an encouragement. I was so encouraged by it, and uh, I would recommend it very highly for you. Uh, so you can, I believe, get it on Amazon. Um, they have an online uh, bookstore there at Calvary Church in Aurora. Um, it's it's a must read, and I, uh, you know, just not even not only just being freed from your past, but being able to minister to others. It's a good read for you to be able to uh, minister to others as they. Um, you know, are weighed down by their past or condemnation comes in or guilt or unforgiveness, all those things that Pastor Ed talks about. And I know that most of us know people that really struggle with their past and have a hard time moving forward from their past. So must read. Thank you, Pastor Ed. It's a tremendous blessing. I just appreciate you so much. So glad that um, I'm able to just fill in for you, but uh, we do have some open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Georgia, to David. Hi, David. Hello. Hey, you're on, can you hear me? Yep, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, uh, my um, my my question revolves around, uh, you know, a little bit of my background. I, I've done engineering electronics. Um, I'm a mathematics and management major. And, you know, I've been, you know, uh, coming across a lot of young people that, um, you know, and I don't know this is this is a trend or something, and that's part of my question, but, you know, it seems to me a trend that a lot of younger people are embracing a more Calvinistic view of Scripture. And, you know, in my, and I, you know, and to me, if you logically follow it to its conclusion, it doesn't make any sense. And um, I wanted to know what you thought about the, you know, because to me, if you logically follow it to its conclusion, Calvinism and materialistic determinism, they're basically the same thing. You know, whether you remove God or you don't, or you have God there. So I was just wondering what you thought about that. And, um, you know, so, yeah, Yeah. that's my question. Yeah, you, you know, Calvinism, of course, there's the five points of Calvinism. Um, the total depravity, um, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, perseverance of the saints. Um, And um, there are some, I believe, problems with the five points of Calvinism. Uh, The limited atonement, the Calvinists believe that Jesus Christ died to save those who were given to him by the Father, Um, and uh, he died just for the elect, pretty much. And uh, we right, know that right, J- right. John's uh, epistle says that he is the propitiation of our sins, uh, not only for our sins, but for the whole world. So I, I believe that 
um, Jesus died for the whole world doesn't mean universal salvation or forgiveness, but it is for those who come to Christ. And then, um, right. you know, a double election can be part of the theology uh, that he elects some to be saved and then some for, um, you know, not to be saved for eternal damnation. Uh, and I don't buy the double election. I just don't see it in Scripture. Uh, we, right. You know, Jesus wept over Jerusalem, didn't he? I was just reading yeah. that before we went on the show, and he said, oh, how I longed to, to gather you under my, uh, you know, to myself as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. So there is choice that is uh, human responsibility that is given right. in the Scripture and told to us. We don't fully understand it. So uh, not all of Calvinism is wrong. He does choose us. He chose us before the foundation of the world. That's uh, right, but that's right. we also have human responsibility. And I think that Calvinism, which usually you find in the reform churches, that mm-hmm. uh, there can be a lot of emphasis on uh, the theology and intellectual study. And, and I'm seeing that it is attracting uh, some young people. It seems to become popular uh, among not just young people, but, um, you know, the theological discussions and things like that. But I don't hold right. to five-point Calvinism, and uh, I believe that uh, he died for the propitiation for uh, he made for the whole world, for those who believe. Um, I believe that is his desire, as he says very clearly in his word, that none should perish but come to you know, repentance, as we read in the scriptures. Uh, Paul writes about how it's God's desire that we should all come to salvation, uh, but not everyone's going to do that. So there's there's God choosing his sovereignty, and then there is the responsibility of man that's shown in the scripture as well, uh, and we see it very clearly. And um, sometimes, you know, the discussions get very heavily on uh, predestination, on, you know, election, all these other things. You know, and I used to try to sort it out, um, David. Um, I, we're, we're talking about an infinite God, um, the right, sovereignty right. Yeah, of God. And I, you know, yeah, yeah. My my main my main focus is, you know, I just, you know, you know, how do you how do you you know how do you communicate to somebody that you know would say that you know Jesus only died for the elect and that God elected these people before they were born. And then, you know, to me, that just sounds like, you know, God is predestined people to go to heaven or hell. And to, and to me, that's not the God of the Bible. You yeah. know, you, 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 God can know everything, but he doesn't force you to choose to do anything. Yeah. You know, and, and, that's, and, that, and that's the beauty of salvation, and that's the beauty of what right. Jesus did. And to me, you know, Calvinism on its, you know, on its face, you know, kind of spits in that a little bit, and the and you know how they go about defining their theology. Well, and, the, you know, I think yeah. what you do is you do like anything else. You just give them the Word of God. You you know, you okay. just give them the Word of God, give them the verses and what the Scripture has to say, and then let the Word of God do its work in heart in their hearts. And right, um, right, right, right. You, you know, there's a there's a disagreement in. Um, in you know the theology, I don't adhere to five points of Calvinism. Um, it's not all wrong. Um, it's it's you know some some of the truth, but I don't hold to five points of Calvinism and double election, unlimited you know or limited atonement things like that. Um, but I can just show them the scripture and and let the word of God do its work in their hearts. 
Well, I appreciate you uh, you taking my call and you answering my question. And uh, I thought I, th- I think you did a very thorough job, and I, I appreciate Thanks. your response. You bet, David. Call us anytime. Good to hear from you guys right, in Georgia. You. Okay. All right. Take it easy, sir. You bet. Got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then that text line is 720-336-0897. We're going to go to Matt here in Colorado. Hi, Matt. Hi, Pastor Jeff. You're on Calvary Live. I just um, would like you to uh, say... uh, Say a prayer for a uh, uh, marriage that's on the rocks. My wife and I have been both Christians for a long, long time. You know, still active in our faith, but for many, many, many years, we just uh, we got you know we got oh, you know kids, uh, but um, and we just uh, just seems like more and more we just get into it, get into it, get into it, and uh, sometimes the volume goes up, try not to do it around the kids, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, just, uh, there's a, you know, it takes two to tango, so I'm, I'm not going right. to say what she needs to work on, all I know is what I, what I know about me, and all I can do is work on me, but right. I'm just going to ask for, um, a big measure of, of grace and forgiveness uh, for for someone who's had you know several decades of it and held it and, and won't let go of it. You know the book that uh, Pastor Ed wrote is one I'd like to uh, get my hands on, and I, I know how to do that. But yeah, it's just whenever you're whenever you're living in the past or someone's looking at you living in the past can't live in the now and you can't live for the future and it just it, yeah it's um it yeah and, you know we're out of your marriage yeah matt we're gonna you know the past can really paralyze you uh i heard somebody say the other day when you got a lot of baggage you know what the lord wants you to do is drop the bags you know and to move forward and and that can be hard when you are you know when there's unforgiveness, when there's condemnation, when there's uh, fears and anxiety and all those things to continue to move forward. And um, and I think that resource would be good for you. But Matt, you said that you and your wife are a Christian, and uh, I just want to encourage you because maybe you've done this. Maybe you've gone to counseling at a church, but it really does take, as you said, two to tango it takes two people that will humble themselves before God and say, you know, we are married and we made a covenant and God wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring that forgiveness because unforgiveness, um, you know, will paralyze us moving forward. Uh, and that's why we're called to forgive. Uh, even in those times where we're hurt, even in those times where we've been cut deep, or whatever the case may be, um, if we don't forgive, then that thing has power over you. And it just begins to paralyze you from moving forward into things of the Lord. Grace, um, to ask God to help you to to be the husband and for your wife to be the wife that um, she's called to be. And you said something that's very true. You said, all you know is you, you got to work on what 
God has called you to be and his, you know, commission for the role that he has for you to love your wife as Christ loves the church, uh, to serve her, to cherish her, to lay down your life for her, uh, to live with her in an understanding way, uh, to lead in a way that God calls you to lead. And that's what I'm going to pray for, Matt. But know that God does want to do that work. He does want to heal your marriage and restore and to, you know, uh, to, to take your wife by the hand and say, can we really seek the Lord and how he wants to heal and us to move forward in forgiveness and grace and, um, and allow him to restore um, what has been lost, the years the locusts have eaten, because it's been a long time, and, and to do that in a gentle way, in a humble way, um, where voices aren't being raised, and to just uh, be able to talk about those things that are causing arguments and discussions and back and forth, um, and to learn to communicate in that way uh, where there's sensitivity and peace and no corrupt words are being spoken. So, Lord, I pray for Matt. I just pray um, that you would just be with him and his wife, bring healing to their marriage. And, Lord, I pray that there would be a coming together you know everything that they've gone through. It sounds like it's been a long, difficult uh, journey and past that they've gone through with unforgiveness and harsh words, perhaps. Um, you know everything they've gone through, that they would be able to to forgive, they would be able to show grace, that they would know that you want to do that work in restoring their marriage, that help them be the parents you want them to be, to, to bring peace into their home. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just do that work, and Lord, knowing that you want to do that work, but to both humble themselves, and even as uh, Matt said, that uh, he needs to focus on what he needs to work on, that you would help him be the husband that you called him to be, to love and to cherish and to serve, to live with his wife in an understanding way, to love unconditionally and to to um, be there and be praying for his wife and with his wife. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would work uh, mightily in this marriage um, to bring them together uh, as they are one. And, Lord, bring them together in, in your word, in your peace, um, in your way uh, to be strong and, and, to, and to bring that healing they need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Pastor Jeff. I appreciate your love, your prayers, your compassion. I one day I hope I, I can uh, come up and see and meet you. I, I live way down south Metro Denver, but uh, I appreciate your ministry and uh, your congregation. Greatly blessed to have a man of your stature. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Matt. Hey, hang on to the Lord. Keep looking, and He wants to work. Okay, you call anytime you need prayer. Okay. Thanks, brother. You bet. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. we got a couple open lines, so grab one of those open lines. And text line 720-336-0897. God wants to do such a work in our lives and in our families and with our kids. And always remember that. Don't give up. Don't give up on the Lord. Um, and just a humble heart to come and, and say, Lord, I need you. Uh, to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. And to know that he he um, wants to bless our marriages and our families and the workplace where we work to give us strength and 
wisdom and comfort. Oh, he just, um, we just keep turning to him and looking to him. And in those difficult times, oftentimes we will pull away from the Lord rather than, you know, going to the Lord. And that's a time that we need him more than any any time. You know, it's just, Lord, I need you more than ever. The old hymn, I need thee every hour. And that really is true for us. We need him every day in every decision in every way. So, hey, uh, 303-690-3000 is that calling number. So be sure to uh, grab one of those open lines. We're going to go to to Amarillo, Texas. Josh? Hi, Josh. Yes, can you hear me? Yep, I can. You're on Calvary Live. All right. I appreciate you taking my call. Um, yeah, I was just wondering about the, uh, the the metaphor Jesus used when he was talking about uh, taking the beam out of your own eye before taking the splinter out of, out of your brother's. Is that sp- specifically speaking to, um, I guess, not, not being a hypocrite? Like, is it talking about specific sins that you need to take care of first? Like, say you're a a recovered alcoholic, then you can go and and minister to other uh, current alcoholics, or is it saying to like clear your life completely of the of the sins that you have control over before you do any ministry at all? Well, I, I think it's speaking of being judgmental towards others, um, because the in Matthew chapter seven, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount that he says, "Judge not that you not be judged," and a lot of times. You know, when we bring correction or rebuke to somebody biblically, um, people will say, well, don't judge me, you're judging me. That that word judge in chapter 7, it means judge to condemnation. We can judge somebody's work, but we're not to do it to condemnation. And he goes on to say, with the judgment you judge, you'll be judged with and measured back to you. And he goes on to say, why do you look at your you know, the speck in your brother's eye and don't consider the plank in your own eye. So that's the verse that you're you're wondering about, or the log, I believe, is what the King James says, the log that's in your eye. In other words, if you're going to go around judging people, um, you better, you know, check your own heart, and you're going to point out the speck in somebody's eye when you have, uh, you know, things that are going on that aren't right with the Lord. I think the Lord, what he's saying is, is that you need to check your heart before you go and even bring correction to somebody. I may, you know, bring correction to somebody, but I want to do it in a right way. I want to do it in a way um, that they, you know, know that I desire for them to, to that the Lord uh, desires for them to repent, uh, to come to him. But I don't want to go with, you know, all these accusations and things. It doesn't mean that uh, what he's speaking here, that if you were an alcoholic, you shouldn't minister to other alcoholics. Of course you should. Um, You should minister to them as you have a testimony that I've been freed from that. Um, I um, know that God can free you and come to Jesus Christ. You can be a great encouragement. So I think it's talking about judging, judging the condemnation, going around and you know, you have people that say, well, they're this and they're that, and putting people down and tearing people down and being all judgmental about things. Um, we are to bring correction. We are to bring rebuke, but we're to do it in a right spirit. We're to do it with love. We're to do it with sensitivity, and we're to do it in the wisdom of God. So that's what it's speaking about. You know, if you're going to go around judging others, you better check your own heart and um, and don't go 
doing it prideful and arrogantly, uh, but do it humbly before the Lord, knowing that we're sinners. If it weren't for the grace of God, there go I, right? Right, right. So do you have any, um, I guess, like practical tips, I suppose, to um, maybe bringing up or, or um, you know, confronting someone about their sins in a, in a non-judgmental way? Yeah, I do. And we're going to break. You hear the music. So, Josh, I yeah. want you to, to hang on, and we're going to come back on the other side of uh, the break here, and then we're going to pick up our conversation and hopefully give you some things that will be encouragement to you. Hey, 303-690-3000, grab one of those open lines. We're going to be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you. And you just heard those numbers, how you can ask your questions or give your prayer requests, the call-in number and the text line. So again, I would encourage you to put those in your contact and then you have it. Whenever you want to be a part of the show, you can do so. 303-690-3000 is the calling number. we got an open line, and I'd uh, love to uh, talk with you and answer your questions and uh, pray for you. The text line, uh, as time allows in between the calls, we'll go to the text line, and uh, we'll take those prayer requests and questions. We may not get to everyone, uh, but uh, you can use that text line as a 24-7 prayer line and I think it's a wonderful resource to know that there are people that are going to be praying for you at Calvary Church and Aurora, the prayer team there, the uh, the staff. Um, it's just a wonderful, wonderful resource for you. 303-690-3000, you want to grab one of those open lines. We were talking uh, with Josh in Texas. Josh, you still with us? Josh, are you still there? Yes, sir. Okay, thanks for holding. I appreciate it. I think that you're asking a very important question because we sometimes think that if we bring any kind of correction or, you know, to somebody, a Christian, seeing somebody who sins, that we're being judgmental. And Jesus said, judge not lest you be judged. That's not what Jesus is saying. We know that the instruction has been given to us that we are to rebuke and bring correction because we don't want to see somebody going in a direction that's going to bring harm to them, that's going to not be good for them. I, and I think the main thing is uh, the book of Ephesians. I, I like what Ephesians chapter 4, some of the verses that are there, uh, tells us that we're to speak the truth in love, um, and you speak the truth in love. There's a big difference. Somebody can tell when somebody comes with a countenance, with a snarl on their face, and the finger pointing, and very arrogant, and and they come to rebuke somebody. Um, there's a lot. It's a lot different when um, somebody who comes that says, "Listen, I care about you, brother. I care about you, sister. I, I care uh, about your spiritual state. What you're doing is wrong, and I, I just want to bring this correction to you because I do love you, and the Lord desires for you to turn away." Um, Ephesians says in chapter 4, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, 
that it may impart grace to the hearers. So our speeches, Colossian, the other prison epistle, says that it's to be seasoned with grace and with salt. And Jesus, what's amazing about Jesus is John's gospel tells us that he was the perfect harmony of grace and truth. Um, he is full of grace and he is full of truth. If it's just truth where you're harsh, it, it can be very, very harsh. You can start blasting people away and um, pointing your finger and, you know, and and you can do that. You can go that direction. Um, but uh, he was full of grace and truth, and there was grace involved. Jesus never backed away from the truth, but he also spoke it to where the common people heard him gladly is what Mark's gospel says. And when you go to somebody with, this is what God's word says, and I care about you, and I want to share God's word with you, and and to bring that correction and rebuke, to do it in a way, a loving way, a firm way, uh, giving truth, you don't want to back away from truth, and to do it in a way where they know that you care. And of course, you probably have heard the saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when you do it in that way, um, and with the countenance of uh, that you, they can see that you really do care about them and you want to bring that, it goes a long ways in bringing that correction to somebody. Awesome, awesome. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking my call and, and uh, yeah, appreciate everything else else program is doing. Hey. So thank you very much. Hey, Josh, can I give you one more thing to think about? Absolutely. You know, you remember when Moses came down from the mountain and um, he was glowing. He came down with the law. He came down with the law and his face was glowing. He had to put a veil over his face. And he comes to the people and and uh, he, uh, you know, as he comes, uh, the people said, you know, hey, Mo, your, your, your face is a glow. <laughs> put a veil on it. You're shining. And, and here's Moses. He puts that veil on. He's going, thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord. And they're going, uh-huh, uh-huh, Moses, you're shining. Put a veil over you. And that's the <laughs> countenance that we're to have because there are times where we have to give our children and those who are linked to us in our lives, we have to give them the law. We have to give them the commands of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord. And are we going to be shining the countenance of the Lord that's on our face and on our hearts to be a light to them because light is seen. And there's only one way that I know how to do that. And that is to be in the presence of the Lord, seeking the Lord and asking for wisdom and guidance, you know, to, to be able to speak truth into that person's heart. Excellent. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll definitely try to implement all that moving forward. Um, yeah. Hopefully that, that's an encouragement to you, but speak truth, speak the truth in love. Awesome. I really appreciate it, Pastor, and uh, you bet, Josh. have a blessed day. You too. Bless you guys in Texas. All right, 303-690-3000. I believe that we got an open line as we continue through the hour. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Jason in Colorado Springs. Hi, Jason. Hey, Pastor Jeff. How are you today? I'm good. How are you guys there in the Springs? Well, you know what? I'm actually from Littleton, but I'm driving back from the Springs, so I figured I'd take credit for the Springs for now. <laughs> All right. Well, drive safe, okay? 
Well, thank you. Uh, so I texted over a question yesterday, and unfortunately I had to jump out of the car, so I didn't get a chance to see if you answered or not. But I'm trying to find the most politically correct way to ask the question, but is can you explain what temple prostitutes were? Because every time I see this and I read this in the Bible, I kind of scratch my head uh, looking at the different the different ways that it's described, and it makes it obviously can't make sense to me. There has to be some other way to understand this that I'm not getting. So I've done some research, was able to find nothing helpful, and I was like, I'm going to call and talk with Calvary yeah. Live because I know I'll get a good answer there. Well, we know that there was uh, a problem when I when you ask about it. I know that there was. Um, you know, a, a problem with the in the book of um, Paul's letter to the Corinthians that he speaks about uh, the temple prostitutes, but he's speaking about those prostitutes that were coming out of the temple Artemis there um, in, in Ephesus, there in Corinth. Um, they had a, a temple um, in Ephesus to Artemis to the, the goddess Diana. Uh, they had the uh, temple prostitutes in Corinth. Corinth was a very wicked city. It was a very carnal city, very, very carnal. And they would come out by the thousands out into the city um, and you know, um, be a- available for others. So that's the only reference that I can think of uh, as Paul deals with it in, the, in Corinth and um, that very carnal, very wicked city. Uh, that they were coming out. That and here's the thing that was a problem with the Gentiles. They were coming out of paganism, and as you read, for example, in Acts chapter 15, uh, as the, they're dealing with this whole question about being circumcised and keeping the law of Moses, uh, it was the conclusion that they came up with, with the leading of the Holy Spirit, that this is what we're going to tell the Gentile believers. They they. They don't have to be circumcised. You're, you're saved by faith alone. But told them that you sustain from immorality, and because that was a big problem with the Gentiles coming coming out of it. There was a lot of pagan beliefs of that, that practices, uh, immoral beliefs um, that were involved in it. So make sure, let's tell them that they need to abstain from that and then meet offered idols and and. Uh, blood and all that. So there's some specific instructions that were given to them at that time. So that's that's what I'm thinking is perhaps what uh, the reference is to that. We we do know that um, in the Old Testament that there was um, you know the temple that Solomon had in the first temple period, and when they were involved in idolatry, you read about the high places the the wooden groves, and that's where, because they were practicing the, uh, um, you know, beliefs of the pagan gods, the gods of the Canaanite, that very much involved immorality as well, and that was taking place in those places. And when the children of Israel went into the Promised Land, God told them, you need to get a, tear those places down, get rid of them, don't, don't practice the gods of the Canaanites, uh, because that's where immorality took place and prostitution took place as well. So that's kind of what I can remember the Old Testament uh, that was taking place there. Um, and some of the kings of Judah, when they came along, they got some of them that were good kings. Some of them tore down those high places, so there was not that temptation in that place. Some of them didn't do it. 
And I think there's a very important lesson in that, and that is this, that don't have any wooden groves or high places, any places of temptation. You need to get rid of it. You need to tear it down and um, be dedicated wholly to the Lord. So hopefully that helps. I don't know if that's what you were looking for. It is a little bit. I I, I picked up on it because of the because uh, I'm going through a plan right now that's been uh, right now I'm going through First Kings, and so it is. Uh, was it coming out of Solomon? Uh, coming out of Solomon's reign to his his son, and then uh, I'm sorry, I'm always terrible with the names and all that. But um, you know, but his son, and then one of the one of the kings that came in and said. Uh, that he, you know, he did right in the Lord's eyes, and I can't remember which one it was, uh, that he, he got rid of the temple prostitutes and did a bunch of stuff with the exception of he did not remove uh, the high place. And when I was thinking of the temple prostitutes, the first thing I'm thinking of is I'm thinking of, uh, you know, the, the Jewish temple in comparison to uh, a pagan temple. So for all the other gods they worship. So it would make sense if it was something that was that was uh, associated with the pagan gods that, that some yeah, of them worshipped. And that's what it that's was. That's I was going. Yeah, th- that's what you got to remember, Jason. It was because they they had a form. When you read e- even the books of Isaiah, Jeremiah, they were bringing rebuke. When you read those historical books of First and Second Kings, um, you know, you kind of go, First and Second Kings, you have to put your thinking cap on because it's talking about a king of, Israel and the king of Israel uh, up north, none of them were good kings, and there there was all kinds of immorality, and they had the temple built to Baal and all of that in Samaria. Down in Solomon's temple, some of those, uh, you know, like Ahaz and others, they brought idols in, they brought all kinds of pagan worship in, even though it was mixed in with observing the Sabbath and all of that. You can read that there was some form of religiousness. But they were so far from the God, they were involved in immorality, and they were even burning their own children on the arms of Moloch, is what they were doing, sacrificing their own children. And the Lord said, because of that, you're going to go off into captivity, which they ended up doing. So that's what you're looking at, is that they adopted those pagan practices that they were told not to do it. They had gotten so far away from the Lord. There was a lot of problems. There was violence, they were ripping each other off, false worship, the worship of you know, the stars, there was all kinds of problems that were taking place. That that makes absolute sense, and uh, now that I'm thinking of not the Holy Temple, the Temple of the Lord, but uh, the Temple of Baal and the Temple of their gods, just the, the way that it's phrased as, you know, the Temple, uh, the first thing I'm thinking of is, well, why would there be prostitutes on the t- outside the Temple of the Lord? I'm like, oh, if it's the Temple for the foreign gods, that makes sense because now that all fits together. Okay. All right. Jason, drive safe. Okay. Appreciate you calling. Thanks, appreciate it. Okay. You Have a good evening. All right. Let's go to Sandra in Maryland. Hi, Sandra. Hello. You're Hi. on Calvary Live. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for holding. Uh huh. Can you hear me? I didn't know if I need to turn my radio down. You can turn your radio down and I can hear you and you can tell me. Um, how we can pray for you. Um, I had to move back up to Maryland because I had several... Sandra, I think we lost you. I'm so sorry. 
Sandra, I think we lost you, um, but I know you need prayer for medical issues. I want to pray with you. If you get a chance to reconnect, if you can do that, but you just kind of went, um, uh, you know, blank on me. So, Father, I do pray for Sandra. She called, she held, and uh, we don't like to lose these calls, but, Lord, I just pray for her right now. She's had to move up to Maryland. She has some medical issues is what I understand. So I pray that you bring healing to her, that you bring um, just that healing touch, comfort, strength, wisdom. I don't know what she's all going through, but you do. Uh, As she seeks medical help, uh, that if you choose to use doctors to, to help her, that you would do that. But Lord, we pray that you're being the great physician, that we can come and cast our cares on you, and she does. And we come right now, we lift Sandra up in Maryland to you. You know who she is, that you would bring that healing to her. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, had something in my throat. Sandra, sorry about that. But we are going to be praying. If you want to call back, please feel free to call back. I'd love to just encourage you any way that I can. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897 for the text. Let's go to Ralph in Pennsylvania. Hi, Ralph. Are you there? Ralph in Pennsylvania. You want it prayer? Is he with us, guys? Okay, we can pray for him as well. And uh, I think Ralph maybe perhaps was um, uh, holding as well. Um, But uh, Ralph, we're going to go ahead and pray for you. He was praying that God would use him uh, to help people he sees around him. So, Father, we do ask for that. We just pray that you would uh, use him to help people that he sees around him and how you direct him and guide him. It sounds like he has a sensitive heart. And Lord, you tell us that we're to put on tender mercies, which speaks of uh, being tender-hearted. So I pray for Ralph there in Pennsylvania. You know who he is. And I pray that you would just help him discern and be able to help in whether it's practical ways or spiritual ways and giving encouragement and truth to others, um, that you would just uh, guide him and direct him in that and uh, that he desires to be used to be a blessing to others. So I do that work in him, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, we got all open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is that call-in number, and the text line 720-336-0897, and love to talk with you. You got time? Grab one of those open lines if you've been wanting to call. Uh, In the meantime, we're going to go to the uh, text line, and... Uh, there is a question, kind of an interesting question. Could the two witnesses of Revelation 11 be the two be two individuals that are new and never heard of? And I, I think a lot of us that study in time prophecy, we know that the two witnesses are spoken of there in Revelation chapter 11 that are going to be on the scene in the tribulation period, in the middle of the tribulation period where Revelation 11 takes place, that we see that um, eventually that uh, the first seems like three and a half years, uh, the two witnesses are there in Jerusalem, and they are uh, there ministering uh, in an interesting way. It says that they're the two lampstands standing before the God of earth. That's from Zechariah chapter 4. And these have the power to shut heaven 
so that no rain falls on the days of their prophecy. They have power over the waters to turn them to blood and strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. And then after that, the two witnesses end up being killed. Their bodies lay in the streets of of Jerusalem for three days, and then they resurrect bodily right there for the whole world to see. Uh, But there are those who believe that this is Elijah and Moses because they have the power to shut heaven. That's the ministry of Elijah, so that no rain falls on the days of their prophecy. They have the power to turn water into blood. That's the ministry of Moses. So many people look at the two witnesses and say that it's Elijah and Moses. Elijah, of course, was uh, raptured up in a whirlwind, as you read about him. Uh, Moses, of course, would die on Mount Nebo. It's interesting that in the book of Jude that it says that Satan uh, contended with Michael, the the archangel, over the body of Moses. Why, why was that? Could it be that Moses' body was going to be needed? So that's a thought. Some say it's perhaps uh, Elijah and Enoch. Enoch in the book of Genesis was raptured and is appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. But I don't hold to that necessarily because there's going to be a whole generation of Christians, the church, that's going to be raptured to meet the Lord in the air. So we're not going to experience physical death. Uh, We're going to immediately meet the Lord in the air, and we're going to receive our new bodies. Um, Could it be, as the question comes across, two individuals that we'd never heard of? It could be. It could could be that as well. Um, And uh, we know that, you know, that um, the Bible doesn't identify the two witnesses, uh, it could be two new prophets with the ministry of Moses and Elijah, uh, but there are those who will say, no, they don't think so. Moses and Elijah also was up on the Mount of Transfiguration talking with Jesus, representing the law and the prophets, and talking to Jesus about when he was going to go to the cross. So um, it could be, I suppose, and um, that could uh, come to pass. 303-690-3000. If you want to get in a quick call, you can do so. we got all open lines right now. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and go with the text. Uh, and um, we uh, read that he, uh, somebody texted in that they have a friend, um, and I missed a great opportunity to witness to her um, and a good person and don't know how to respond to that. Uh, and just a conversation. I'm, I'm trying to just read this very quickly. Um and pretty much the conversation is they're a good person. And that comes up when we witness to people. People will say that I'm a good person. And how can I revisit that conversation? This is how you revisit it. The gospel message is that none of us are good enough. And I remember ministering to my dad a long time ago when he was alive. And my dad worked hard. He did his best in raising his children. Um, he taught us how to work hard. And I said, Dad, you're a good man, but the problem is you're not good enough. And that's why Jesus came. He didn't come to die for good people. Uh, he came to die for sinners, which is all of us. And and the world may look at you as a good person, but but we all have fallen short of the glory of God. And that's how you can revisit that conversation. We've all have sinned, and sin, the wages of sin is death. And Jesus come to give us light. He's the only one that lived a perfect life, the Son of God who went to the cross to make atonement for our sins. 
So you want to put it in that light that a lot of people think, I'm a good person, I should uh, make it to heaven. None of us can earn heaven. None of us are good enough to go to heaven. It's by grace, the unmerited favor of God. Grace alone, faith alone in Jesus Christ, what he has done for us. Jesus on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. It is finished. So I just want to reiterate that. And if there's anyone that listening to this program right now, you think, I'm okay because I'm a good person. And there's a lot of people out there that they really think that they're going to go to heaven because they're a good person. Listen, you're not good enough. You never will be. And Jesus died for you because we're all sinners. And you come in faith recognizing that I need forgiveness. I need to surrender my heart to Jesus Christ and come in faith and believe he's the Son of God who rose from the grave. He made atonement for our sins, and that's salvation. That is the gospel message. The bad news is this, is that we're all sinners. The good news is that Jesus came and made a way for us to be forgiven as he went to the cross. And then, of course, the cry of Jesus was, it is finished. He did the work. He paid the price. And now we come in faith. So that's how you can revisit that. And um, and um, you can um, just explain that. And I think most people, here's the thing. I think that most people know that they're sinners. I, I haven't met anyone who said, oh, I've lived a perfect life. Most people know that they've, you know, have fallen short of, of perfection or um, that standard of morality. Uh, and And we can tell them that Jesus came and died for our sins and we're all sinners. And I think most people understand that um, and they can receive that. Uh, um, there is a prayer request because we're going to close the show here with these uh, text uh, prayer requests. Can you pray for a young lady, lady uh, named uh, Alisa? And uh, she's in hospice, three young daughters, and... Um, and anyway, they're just struggling right now, just struggling with it, and um, doesn't understand why the Lord is allowing this to happen. Lord, um, we just pray uh, for this uh, young lady um, who is in hospice, has three young daughters, the oldest being 13, doesn't understand uh, why you're allowing this to happen. And we don't understand everything. We really don't. But we can fall back on your mercy and your grace and your love. And I just pray that um, that she would be ministered to, um, your comfort, your good news. And for all of us that face things that we don't know what's going on, um, that we can fall back on what we do understand. That is, you gave us hope. Jesus came to this world to die for our sins and rose again. That's the living hope that we have. And I pray this young lady would receive that hope and look to you. And Lord, um, tomorrow isn't promised to any of us. And I just pray that you'd minister to her and to her family, to her kids um, in every way, in this difficult, difficult situation. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Um, I also want to pray for, as we're close to the show, Corey. Uh, He wants prayer for healing and comfort and strength and guidance to grow in Christ. And so, Lord, I pray for Corey that you do that work. We know that you're the God of healing. Whatever needs to be healed physically, emotionally, um, mentally, I pray you bring comfort to him, strength, 
to guide him, to give him wisdom, because your word says that we can ask. Um, just help him to grow in Christ and to look to you and to rest in your love. And Lord, do the work that as he desires for you to work in so many different ways um, in bringing comfort and healing. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You know, uh, as we close the show, I want to remind you that that text line is available for you, 720-336-0897, for you to uh, text in a prayer request anytime. And again, you will be prayed for. But we were able to catch some of those prayer requests um, at the end of the show here. And it's such a privilege to be able to pray with you and for you. Um, And uh, prayer is so important. There's power in prayer. And that's what I love about Calvary Live is we can come together and we can pray for one another. Uh, We can lift up these prayer needs. Uh, I get so blessed oftentimes that I will hear somebody call and say, hey, God really worked. We prayed. They follow up. It's such a wonderful thing and to have that and have that available for you. So be sure to continue to pray for your family, for uh, those that you love. Uh, I, I, I think that's on my heart because uh, we've been going through Paul's epistles, prison epistles, how he just fervently prayed for the church and for individuals. And uh, we are to do the same thing. There's power in prayer. So thank you, everybody. You hear the music. Had a great show today. Have a wonderful evening in the Lord. God bless you. And looking forward to when I'll be with you next time. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.